Captain Picard, priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Am I ready, Roman? Welcome to the Readier Room, the only and longest-running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast. Every week, we are bringing you stories from behind the scenes, on the set, making the magic, everything you could ever want to hear about your favorite space-faring, exploration-focused science fiction television show from the 80s. My name is Mitchell Mills, Chief Consultant of Services, and with me is my partner, Brandon Hobbs, Head of Resources Management. Brandon, how are we doing today? Mitch, Mitch, doing well. Glad to be here. I feel like I haven't talked to you in in a month. Yeah, yeah. It always feels that way, and uh, it always feels too soon when we reconvene. It does. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I almost wish we weren't doing this, but here we are. Right. Well, I mean, I'm not going to cancel the Patreon. Not no, until no, <laughs> absolutely not. Not until that well runs dry. I got a few. Um, I would say investments. I need to need to pay off first. And uh, yeah, then I'll, yeah, then I can cut it a bit loose. Right, right, and then then we'll probably stop around season five or yeah. so. Wouldn't be just kind of give up. Wouldn't be the first time. It would not be the first time, and it won't be the last. Where where we 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 give up on a project entirely. Hell yeah. That's just how we roll. Yes, much uh, much like the Kaiser, that is how we roll. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, your favorite that's that is my favorite i think that um i'm gonna go off a bit here if you'll forgive me um I th- i'll try i think that rolls dinner rolls yeah are a little unfairly maligned well i don't think they're maligned so much as <coughs> you know once you once you start eating them by themselves raw with no no toppings or well, that's what I, I mean. Like that that's that's it starts to be a little bit silly. That's the malignment going on. Um, the idea that these dinner rolls aren't just tasty treats unto themselves. Do you know what a popover is? Um, I believe that's a state that nobody really visits, and um, planes pop. No, over. no, 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 no. Not 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 the popover state. The 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 popover like as a food. Is that fried chicken restaurant? No, 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 no. That's Popeyes. Oh, okay, okay. Then you must be talking about the Sailor Man. Pop over the no, not pop over the Sailor Man. It, it, this is getting too confusing. No, it's it's like this. Uh, it's like this bread. Uh, you sold me already. Thing. It's 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 really good. Um, it, it might it might be a New England thing. Oh, it's the only place I've ever seen it. I'm gonna Google pop over. Yeah, look at it live on the ready room. Um, a popover is a light roll made from an egg batter similar to that of Yorkshire pudding, typically mm-hmm. baked in muffin tins or dedicated popover pans, which have straight-walled sides rather than angled. Popovers may be served either as sweet, topped with fruit and whipped cream, or butter and jam for breakfast, or with afternoon tea, or with meats at luncheon. So you can eat them at any time. I don't know why they had to specify this, but... Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, we, we, you got the egg batter and now those, those are good bread products that you can just stuff into your mouth. Well, here's the thing. I'm not anything on them. Not a big fan of egg batter. Uh, what? I don't like eggy tastes. 
I don't like eggs. come out tasting like egg. I don't know. People told me the same thing about buttermilk and, you know. Are there eggs in buttermilk? Well, I mean, I mean, it tastes like butter and milk. Oh. (laughs) Well, yeah. Right. But people say, ah, it doesn't taste like butter and milk. But it does. And you're saying, oh, this doesn't taste like egg. And I... I'm willing to stake that. I don't know. It does. I don't know if I've ever I've ever sat down and drank a cup of buttermilk, but um, is it is it stronger than Japanese milk? Well, I mean, it it can bench press more. But what I meant was not the milk itself, but when you used it in like cooking things, like a buttermilk pancake or a or what have you. Yeah, yeah, those are good. No, it's gross. And this is nuts. No, it's, it's <laughs> buttermilk. <laughs> why why wouldn't why so you, you you take umbrage with the butter um and no it's specifically buttermilk that i dislike like the the combination of those two things being so pronounced in the the end results taste okay <laughs> so but you would use butter and milk with pancakes anyways yeah but buttermilk you you know this don't play coy you know buttermilk no, is its own don't. thing I genuinely don't know what it tastes like, independent of of it being included in in you know certain breakfast recipes or whatever. It's look, it's icky, it's gross. No, I like All right. it. I'll tell you what, Mitch. I'll tell you what, Mitch. I'm gonna go down to the store tomorrow. Uh huh. Um, and I'm gonna buy a carton of buttermilk, and I'm gonna drink it, and I'll tell you what I think. Is this supposed to to spite me? Do you think you're getting back at me? No, no, it's not that I'm getting back at you. It's that I want to have an informed opinion before I start arguing with you about it. Maybe it is gross. I don't know. Okay, well, conduct two experiments. Drink it straight, and then uh, make pancakes. And then put it in a pancake. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Not the whole carton, mind you. Just just the the liquid. But. Right. I doubt. Right. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I would have made that mistake. I doubt you'll like it very much, being the the reasonable individual that you are. We'll uh, reconvene about this issue eventually. Hey, the whole point of this discussion is that I don't think I would like popovers very much because of their egg batter. Uh, I think you'd like them. They're really good. Okay, but... well, I think you would like just eating a fucking Kaiser roll straight. I'm sure I would. I'm sure I would. Then why do you have to talk down I'm, I'm on sure, it? I'm sure I wouldn't. Let me put it this <laughs> way. I'm sure I wouldn't hate it. Have you never had the experience of somebody leaving a plate of two naked kaiser rolls outside of your your door as as if as if it were an offering to an unruly demon exactly have you never had this this experience mitchell mitchell kaiser, kaiser rolls. rolls are ready ready being a uh, a strange term to use for something that was not at all prepared <laughs> well they were readier this is true. The Kaiser roll is the official uh, roll of the readier room. That, that's right. That's right. And, uh, and 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 who makes Kaiser rolls that we can get to be our sponsor? Uh, that would be the Kaiser baking oh, company oh. of 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 Germany. Right. Right. They're um, yeah, of course they're looking to branch out. I know they're sponsoring a few esports teams, and uh, only makes sense for them to get into the podcasting game too. With their right, sponsorship, right. especially Trek podcasting. I mean, there's nothing more popular. Yeah, and uh, the the demo, the demo 
of people who would listen to a Trek podcast <laughs> and demo of people who would buy a Kaiser roll. Very, very overlapping. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So um, I learned in my marketing class, taking marketing classes at night. Back uh, in the back in the sixties. Yeah, the term demo does not mean demonstration. It means uh-huh. demographic. Right. Right. Well, not unless 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 you're of a certain culture. Yeah, but not 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 like it's not unlike rather the graphics on our ready or room shirts. It's a demo what? it's a demographic. A demographic. Right. And our shirts, readier room uh, have gra- graphics. Yes. Our readier yeah. tees have graphics on them. <clears throat> am, am I going too fast? I, 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 yeah, you lost me for a minute, Mitch, but uh, I think I've caught up. Good. Don't let it happen again. <laughs> all right, let's get to our question of the week. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm talking your ear off too much, I know. This guy's all business. When yeah. He just wants to talk about Trek. I, I just can't get enough of Trek. Well, this week's question of the week comes from Jaina in Nevada. Who asks, where can I find Picard picks? And that's a great question, Jaina. Um, I'd recommend google.com slash images and go there, type in Picard. But you got to be careful, make sure you spell that correctly. Mm-hmm. And you'll find a wealth of Picard picks. Yes, yes. No, that's right. I mean, I've, I've done it before myself, and I, I can attest to that. Yeah. You, there's a lot of things on the internet these days. Yeah, a lot. I, it's it's almost unreal. If, I, I, not only not only can you find Picard picks, you can find data picks. You can find Worf picks. Oh, Worf picks are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the Worf picks. I'm I'm doing this live for the benefit of Gina. I'm on Google Images. I'm going to type in Picard picks, or just Picard will probably suffice. And yeah. oh my God, there's got to be ten, eleven. Like fifteen of these here. You remember? You remember how much effort we had to put in back in the day to get Picard picks? <laughs> oh God, I remember being in a, um, a a FedEx. What is it? A Krinkos? A Kinkos? Yeah, just, Kinkos. Yeah. Yeah, just with a magazine and photocopying yep. Picard picks. I think it's never came out right, especially when if the if the image was so close to the spine of the magazine, it would be warped. Yeah, it would be super distorted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, even then, you could still kind of get a few bucks for them. Yeah, um, I, I had a second, a side gig, as kids would say today, um, standing outside the studio, handing out, selling Picard picks. Um, the, well, yeah, I mean, it, it helped that we were so, so. I mean, obviously, so close to the action that you could kind of sneak a few pictures of your own too. So you get a couple originals in there, and you, you all of a sudden you have something that kind of sets you apart from the rest of the guys yeah. who were just selling picks from the magazines. And, I mean, you know, TV quality being what it was, you could just go take a picture of most bald guys, and they'd believe that it was Patrick. Yeah, 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 especially if you dress them up. Yeah, or just took a, you know, in when you were developing the negative, you kind of made his clothing a little red, his shirt. Um, yeah. Would have yeah. been good. And I guess that's kind of the dark side of what Picard picks used to be, is that but, you never knew if you had an authentic Picard pick. Right. 
And the lack of ability to authenticate the Picard picks was a very, very big issue back in the mm-hmm. day. Now, luckily, mm-hmm. to fix that, they, I've heard they developed some new technology, um, which we're very lucky to have. And uh, it's a, it's times are changing, you know? Did you know, Mitch, that um, pretty recently, actually, I think within the past couple of years, there was a Picard pick that sold for $1.2 million? I did not know that, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, at auction, yeah. Yeah, the rarest Picard pick. What was it? Uh, I'm not even sure who. I don't know who took it. Do you know what the content was? It was him. It's him with his jumpsuit, sort of halfway off his upper torso. Ah, uh, that is rare. Yeah, which you never get to see. So from most people, right? You you had to have been there, and you know somebody snapping a picture at the time. Mm-hmm. So I can see why it's so rare, and I can see why it would the interest would be so high as to spend... What, what did you say it was? 1.2 million? 1.2 million, yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I guess I guess the lesson here is that we're truly blessed that we have the internet um, so that we can, we can... We have access to these things at our fingertips now. We mm. don't need to spend that kind of money. I guess, you know, a collector would, but if you're not a collector, have at it. Google search Picard picks all day. I just take solace in the fact that Patrick saw none of that money. Yeah, well, I think I think he got enough. Yeah, he certainly got enough something. Karma's coming for him. <laughs> Not the only thing coming for him. <laughs> so, thanks, Jaina. I hope uh, this little tutorial on how to find Picard picks was helpful to you and perhaps helpful to some other listeners. I know that our listening base is not the most internet savvy and that's okay i'm not either so uh we're here to support you guys in mm-hmm. uh, in navigating this new scary world of ours but that's right if you're like Gina and you have a question of the week that you want us to answer on our question of the week segment then feel free to email it to us at the readier room at gmail.com or at twitter at the readier room in a dm or uh, leave a comment on the YouTube video at the Readier Room. And when you send your comment at us, we will use that question at our Question of the Week segment. And uh, it'll be a good time for all of us. Okay, so moving on to the main course today. Enough um, whores divorce. It's now mm-hmm. time for the main course of... The set, the penultimate episode of season two of TNG. It's almost over. I'm beside myself with joy and excitement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have peak performance. Um, <coughs> an interesting episode. Um, I just, I just want to say, as as a bit of a preamble, this this is a very special episode for us. Is um, this is the first time Trek had ever cast a eunuch? Yeah. A milestone. Um, yeah, uh, it was a big deal. I, I, we got quite a bit of mail about that. Um, positive mail, for once. Well, I mean, it was hard. Um, it's kind of hard to call him a mail, but, you know. <laughs> Not that kind of mail, Mitch. Oh, jeez. Oh, this is embarrassing. But um, My notes are all over the place. My, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, we, we, we got we got a fair amount of positive response from this, but uh, what the Ensigns don't know is that it took 
Obviously, I'm talking about the um the 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 alien this episode. What's what 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 kind of alien is he? Oh my it's god, like, I, I I had this written down and I did not write clue. it down. I, I don't know what it's it like is. Like a chlorian? Yeah, something like that. But the guy with the you know the the weird gills on his cheeks, the, the melting face um, man. Yeah, what, what the ensigns don't know is that um, the casting process actually it kind of came down to the wire, didn't it? Because we. You know, had to had to, we had to do we had to do a bit of an ex- an inspection just to make sure, hmm. you know, because we wanted a eunuch, right? And we, we um, didn't want anybody stealing that thunder just to get a job, right, right, right. right. And let me tell you, there were quite a few people who tried, and oh, yes. um, it took it took a long time for them to to find a proper one. And I'm I'm over the moon with with how well this came out. I'll say uh, that of my time on TNG. Uh, Eunuch inspection day was was among the most fun. It was certainly it was certainly fun. Um, I I can't deny that. Maybe fun for us, less fun for the casting crew. But um, th- we have some special memories for sure. I think. Indeed. Um, but uh, yeah, this this episode is I think, and I I can't shake the feeling that I'm gonna like it once once again like it more than you did uh, upon rewatch. I think it's got some solid ideas, maybe a little bit silly here and there, but it's fun and it has some nice character moments. What do you think? I uh, I quite liked this episode. I I don't think that it quite that it fully lived up to the the potential the premise had, but yeah. overall it was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and I yeah. <clears throat> enjoy it more than most episodes from this era of Trek. Wow. Wow, we might actually agree this time. Amazing. That's that's uh that's interesting. Yeah, I the very premise of Picard and Riker engage in a um battle exercise while having a little bit of ego about it is a mm-hmm. lot of fun. It is it is really fun. I I mean the the chance to see um these two characters who are who are usually you know, very much aligned in their goals. Uh, the chance to see them kind of, kind of butt heads with each other a little bit, just, just playfully, even, is mm. really cool. Um, I agree, and I wish yeah. the the episode had fully committed to a more playful tone, as in things don't turn dire in the last ten minutes, and it's just yeah, yeah. I think I agree with you there. The, the the introduction of the Ferengi, um, who are already we've already established them as being ridiculous in the past two seasons so far, um, and kind of just not worth anyone's time, really. Yeah, I liked their depiction yeah. here better than before, but yeah, I suppose so. I wouldn't call them necessary or worthwhile. Definitely not necessary to this episode. It could have easily been a just a, a straightforward, you know. Uh, combat simulation sort of show and it would have been perfectly fine and it's not just uh Riker and Picard they they each you know draft the team I guess and it's all the main bridge crew involved in this even even Pulaski has a somewhat heavy presence almost confoundingly very confoundingly but but thankfully because this is probably the last real time we see her right yeah i guess we see her in the next episode but that 
it's it is what it is that episode but mm. um i i'm really gonna miss her same same it was I'm shocked by, by how much i i've like she's grown on me uh having rewatched this season <laughs> i quite like dr crusher which to me uh is a the true sign of pulaski as a character really working where it's like right. okay i'm gonna get this character i like back and i'm still mourning yeah. the loss of this character yeah yeah that's the thing it's like yes it's exciting that we get to see crusher again um but yeah Pul- losing pulaski is is kind of a tough one just because of the way her character interacts with and and i i don't think i don't think this was used to the extent that it, it could have been i mean it obviously wasn't but the way that her character interacts with pretty much all the rest of the crew she's she's a lot more uh willing willing to willing to kind of incite a little bit of conflict yeah she's got unique dynamics with just about everyone um whereas everybody else is has interchangeable relationships yeah yeah definitely she kind of uh, there's a little bit of development I don't know if it's development, but it's the end result of development with her in this episode where she's completely in Data's corner uh, in the proceedings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. That is a little bit of, of uh, well, like you said, it's the end result of development. <laughs> I, uh, you, don't, you don't really see that organically happen. No, just one day she her mind the the switch in her mind flips and she accepts data. But that is cute. I didn't notice that because I totally forgot about that because it was such a throwaway thing her her hatred for data. And uh that that really could have been a a very fun overarching theme for her character throughout this season is that, you know, just here and there she has a few scenes with data. But no, it was it was all relegated to either she hates data or now she loves data. If this, if she had stuck around for multiple seasons, there's a lot of potential because she kind of only has one or two episodes at most where her dynamic with each other member of the bridge crew flourishes. Yeah. She has one scene where her and Worf kind of bond. She has one episode where she's really skeptical of Data. Uh, she's got one episode where she's really pushing back against Picard and... All of those have a lot of potential that could have been further explored. And I get why right. they didn't push any individual one so hard in this in, in, in just this season. But mm-hmm. uh, you really feel the absence of, of these various, um, not plot lines, but relationship dynamics. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. It's, it's going to be... I don't know. It's it's a really hard loss for me, and it's a shame that we couldn't, you know, we couldn't keep because they're not interchangeable. Pulaski and Crusher. No. You, you know, we we could have we could you know in, in a perfect world we could have kept both of them, but of course we can't have Gates going back and forth with that makeup. It'd be too um, cost too much, too time intensive. Way too much, maybe way too much time. So, um, I guess it is what it is, and uh, you know, um. At least Crusher's good. At least I like I still like Crusher, so that's that's fine. But, yeah, so it's not a terrible loss right. given what replaces it, but yeah, it's not wholly positive either. But uh, anyway, what 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 were we talking about here? Uh, we were just talking Before about we the, went on this Pulaski, this, <laughs> this Pulaski voyage. 
rant yeah <laughs> uh we were talking about just the, the the conceit of the episode this uh this picard Riker face-off which by the way right, right. yeah by the way the the inspiration for this was an actual dick measuring contest mm-hmm. that uh patrick and frakes got into on set we yep. just kind of thought what yep. if we adapted this for the screen Right, right. Not, not, not in public, mind you. They, they kind of did it in private. But we, we heard quite yeah. a bit about it from Frakes later. Well, from what I heard, that both that contest and the episode kind of ended in the same way. Yep, yep. Which explains Stalemate. well, it explains the introduction of the Ferengi, I guess. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> I suppose it does, Mitch. But oh. it was a cool premise, and uh, I think there's there needs to be more stories that are safe yet adversarial in nature. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that's the thing about you know this is a very character heavy episode, even if nothing really truly happens hmm. to to change these characters. I suppose maybe they could have taken it a little bit further, but. These are nice kind of respites from from the, you know, uh, diplomacy or meeting a godlike alien entity sort of episodes and kind of grounds you more in the world and makes you care about these characters a lot more. And it's it's really fun to watch them sort of just to watch them. I mean, like, like they're interacting. It's really fun to watch them. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to watch them interact with each other because they often only do that in service of of a plot yes and i think that a lot of the other respites that are in the show are way too innocuous in in the plot so it's like oh troy's mother is on the ship and uh and that's (laughs) it or or warf's warf's kid feels sad or data gets a cat you know whatever there's no there's no there's never any real conflict in these Whereas this, it's all safe and it's all character moments, but but there is a feeling of conflict and a uh, um, a point to the proceedings. Like, yeah, I mean, we get to see these characters be vulnerable amongst their peers, you know. Mm. And all of this Which just cool. makes it easier to get invested in. Yeah, yeah, totally. I would say um, that this is the most fun episode produced so far. Hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I, it's it's hard for me to say just off the top of my head because the past two seasons have been a blur that I don't want to remember. Mm. But um, you might be right about that. If if not the most fun, it's at least like the top three, for sure. That's that's a compelling podcast list episode. Whatever top three <laughs> most fun top three most fun episodes of star trek the next generation seasons one and two minus the last episode <laughs> of season two <laughs> well we already know the last episode isn't fun so <laughs> we don't we don't need to we don't need to do that um so as usual let's go through this chronologically oh my god um, I want to take a moment to plug our new T-shirt on uh, mm-hmm. what, what was it? Te- Teespring. Teespring. Yeah, Teespring. Teespring. Yes, it's let's go through this chronologically, 
and um below that is a graphic of a uh clock where the face of it is dwarf looking slightly confused mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah oh wow just a beautiful design by uh, our fan dennis mm. thank you so much um, um for your for your contribution it's it's amazing to have to have these fans who who want to contribute to our, our community you know right right um dennis of course going by the uh the license that's written in the our podcast description every week dennis donated this design to us and the rights to it so it's uh mm. it's all okay it says it's all okay uh but yeah check that out on teespring slash the ready room capital t capital r capital r uh and uh yeah yeah it's it's a good design but let's go through the episode chronologically which for let's, those let's do it for those not in the know that means in the order of the events happen Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We should probably specify. Yeah. Right. Um, it's 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 it, it means we're going to talk about the episode in the way that the episode happened. Right. Um, on TV. So. Or, um, or on Netflix. Or on Netflix. Yes. Or on Netflix. Of course. We um, don't we don't always stop to talk about the commercials, so it might not always be like it is on TV. But sometimes. Right. Right. Sometimes. <laughs> I actually had a I actually had a dream the other night where I was watching side by side the Netflix version and the um the the older DVD release did with you, the different special effects. Did you wake up screaming? <laughs> <laughs> no, but now I'm uh, I'm um, very interested in going back to the the even older versions of the show and looking at the the wonderful special effects we had. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> So so yeah, we have um you, you know what, let's let's figure out what this alien's name is. I'm just going to I'm just going to go to Kaler? No. Well, his name is Kolrami. That's his name, right? Okay. Or, or is that the alien name? Yeah, the... no. His name is Kolrami and the alien name is Zach Dorn. Oh, he's got a full name. Zach Dorn? No, 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 no. That's the name of the species. It's Zach Dorn. Zach Dorn. Col- and the, the name of the guy is Sirna Kolrami. Kolrami the Zakdorn. Kolrami the Zakdorn, yes. That's right. Um, yeah, so so we have him on the Enterprise uh, in order to conduct... The a- Enterprise D? The Enterprise D. Okay. Yes, let's let's be specific, the Enterprise D. We have we have him on the Enterprise D to, to conduct a, a, a battle simulation. Which is already cool. I, I like... I'm happy with this setup. I like this grand strategist coming. The idea that, um, for whatever reason, again, race realism, that uh, this this alien species is the most cunning and strategic. Right, uh, right. And uh, as 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 a character, it's it's fun because you see him, uh, and you see how how you know obviously arrogant he is, and you just know he's going to get knocked down a peg this episode. Which well, is... let me ask you about that. How 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 do you feel about the portrayal of that character as, um, I, I don't know, flatly arrogant and and deserving of having a peg knock knock down a peg. How do you feel about that? That's a good question because you would think. I mean, not now that you're making me think about it a little bit, you would think that a, a race that advanced and that genetically smart wouldn't put so much stock in being smart. And wouldn't be offended by being 
uh, um, being beaten in something. You know what I mean? Yeah, they it's would like it's like it, like 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 for them, it's just like an average thing. They they'd you know be I mean? more like Vulcans, kind of more cold. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 They'd be like, oh well, that's interesting. I, I don't. You know, I, how did that happen? Not like because because people you know human beings who who have that sort of arrogance they've they've developed it because they they have this set of experiences that they think distinguishes them from someone else yeah and uh, I, I whereas this species obviously wouldn't have that to that degree also emotion in general can be the enemy of uh strategy in a lot of ways um, yeah sure yeah that's a that's a good point but there's um, there's that point which wasn't even the the way i was going to come at it but i i completely agree with that take on things but in my mind um i they they write this into the episode troy is doing damage control and says you know part of this their ability to be such good strategists is their ability to have confidence in themselves and in their decisions and not second guess mm -hmm. things which is like okay that's that's hand waving some arrogance whatever um but to me, if that's something so innately a part of that culture, then it's something that everybody on the uh, ship would be willing to accommodate by by the nature of right. fed Federation <laughs> culture being so uh, uh, accepting. Yeah, of, right. Of, of these these sort of innate differences. Yeah, because I mean, people put up with Worf. Um, Just yeah, his general I, I, I Worfness. Do agree with that. Is worthless, yeah. Um, In addition to that, yeah. though, I take... <coughs> like, this is a guy who completely deserves to be arrogant, in a way. Because he is as smart as he claims to be. He's uh, as qualified as he claims to be. And, you know, to me, there's a bit of dissonance here where if I'm supposed to root against this guy, he shouldn't be portrayed as competent in in what he does. Yeah, I suppose you're right about that. Um, but 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 to be fair, at the end of the day, uh, he is never really beaten. Yeah, that's true. He he's is just stalled out. He's made a mockery of by his own admission. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, so so maybe it's um, you know, I I, I could I could envision a culture where it's it's win lose and 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 drawing is is shameful or something like that you know what i mean especially when when you're talking about a species that's so well regarded for its its strategic ability right you couldn't you couldn't win the battle maybe you didn't lose it but you couldn't win it you couldn't win it yeah so and 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 maybe even losing is 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 better than drawing like like drawing is just cowardly that kind of thing i can i could get that but i i do think we're striking upon something here that's um, showing a little bit of a crack in this character, but yeah, ultimately we kind of have to leave it alone because it's there for the drama of the episode, and I think it works well. No, I agree. It, in service of the episode, it works perfectly fine. Um, I just think that on a few levels it was lacking a certain nuance that it perhaps mm -hmm. could have had. Um, he, and, you know, this guy wasn't a main actor in the conflict of the episode, so if he goes a little right. underdeveloped, it's whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, but th th that is that is a good point. Um, there's there's definitely something there to be probably further examined. Um, you know, if if you care about spending hours of your time on a 
TV show for degenerates. On Kroll. An Kroll. episode of a t- TV show. Spend hours of your time on Zach Dorn. Kroll. What is his name? Krollnami? Konami? I, I already forgot. Konami? Konami? Zach We're going to call him Konami from now on. Konami. I'm into it. But, yeah. yeah. He's Konami from now on. His general presence was fine. And he works well as a uh, as a presence in an episode that's not very heavy, not very serious or dire. It's like, oh, what's yeah. our what's yeah, our big yeah, yeah, problem? Yeah, sure. It's like, oh, this guy's kind and of that's, arrogant. That's the thing. <laughs> right, right, right. That's the thing. In this episode, you kind of need a little bit of, like, uh, some, someone to kind of just want to see just get, like, knocked down just a little bit. Yeah. That's all. Um, yeah, so, so, so Riker has to put together a team. Yeah, in, uh, the grandest sense of the word. We, yeah. we weren't initially sure who was going to be on Riker's team, um, in some ways. Like, we kind of wrote that part at To Be Improv'd. I remember looking at the script and all I saw for that section of a few scenes was, I have this written down, hold on, uh, quote, Riker rounds up blacks, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I guess that bore out. I mean, Will was also, or Will, um, Crusher was also in that selection, but, you know, the first two he goes to are, you know, the resident, I mean, I don't want to say it, but... Right, yeah. right. Well, yeah, I mean, that that is what we kind of envisioned for the episode, was that he'd, he'd kind of take the the minority population of the enterprise over and um you know it's 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 kind of a matter of kind of showing you know they can put up a fight right Right. i mean he also brought a woman along and as we know from the star trek bible the enterprise d only had what was it 20 27.3 percent women crew so another minority right right. Mm -hmm. yeah um she, she was a cutie though wasn't she she was her presence and the presence of another ensign on the Enterprise, slightly inexplicable to me. I uh, I don't know why these two ensigns had as many speaking roles as they did, <laughs> or lines. Well, I should you, say it's one speaking. You got you got to you got to make uh, you got to make it. Um, it's it's to make it a little more grand, you know. You, you can't just have the, the 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 typical bridge crew, which we complain about often enough. So I guess fine, that makes sense. Right. Right. Yeah, I think we complain about that all the time. Is that it's it's always the bridge crew doing everything for some reason. Um, it does make but, uh, the the non bridge crew crew very. Uh, they stand out a lot when. Yeah, I, and and like just as as a whole, even it's like oh yeah, you know, there's there's people on the ship who actually do things that aren't Riker and and Geordi or whatever. It's amazing um, because in actuality, the Enterprise has thousands of people. Uh, on it and on its crew yeah it's it's absolutely immense and most of the stories involve the same six people somehow so imagine all the other stories imagine how many seasons we could fill with the stories of the other thousand people on the ship yeah whatever goes on on the lower decks yeah 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 oh that's that's a good name for a show star trek the lower decks let's save it for a t-shirt all right yeah yeah that'll be our next t-shirt star trek the lower decks Oh, that's a good one. It, wow, I can't believe no one's ever thought of this. It'll be like lower decks and text, you know, across the chest, and then below that, an arrow pointing downward. Oh yes, that's perfect. I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so um, at some point here, uh, it's Pulaski, right, who convinces Data to to play a game against Konami. 
Well, first, uh, Riker challenges him. Um, pres- oh, yeah, Riker challenges him. Presumably for the ego of it. I- I'm, I'm not quite sure how this happens. I, th- I, think, I think it's just for the experience. Right. I think he's just like, you know, it's going to be an experience. Right, and he takes Jordy down the hall. And, um, oh, 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 oh. Oh, here's here's a little something before we get to the the actual the actual fight the actual finger waggling strategema game. Um, you know, we we mentioned last episode the the set designers were they were starting to get a little bit rebellious, right? With with their work, mm. um, like with 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 that uh, that that little research room that was uh, redressed from from oh god, what was it the uh, the the trial room? Remember? Yes. Um, Measure of a man, yeah, <clears throat> and um, so yeah, we, we see uh, a pretty shining example here of of exactly that, uh, where we see two very conspicuously placed lobby chairs in the hallway leading up to ten forward, just and, in the hallway, um, just in the hallway, just in the middle of the hallway, and uh, wow, you know, it's it's, uh, I'm not sure if it's genius or or what were they thinking? I think they were thinking. Because I remember discussions happening at the time. The, quote, the Enterprise needs to be more homey. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure if they wanted it to be more like a home or if they had the word homely wrong. Right. But the the set design team, they they just took it to, you know, make things more accommodating. Um, I think this wasn't an effort to... Because we knew that... The male demographic, uh, what was it, twenty eight to thirty five, were really into the show, mm-hmm. but their, you know, their counterparts, their wives and girlfriends, never really watched. So we thought that if we can make the Enterprise more homey, more accommodating, it might get in that twenty eight to thirty five female. Oh yeah, demographic. yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. yeah. That's that's that is yes. Wow, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, we were we were starting to try to target that demographic with that and yeah of course you wanted someone who um had some kind of interior design sense right you know that is obviously what attracts that demographic and i remember we had um, some uh promo shots at the time of uh troy and pulaski on the redressed enterprise set um just mm-hmm. kind of sharing a tea or whatever right 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 oh yeah and i guess i don't know though that might explain a few a few other things in this episode but uh um, I guess I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Well, but... I mean, the whole um, conceit of the game that's played, Stratagema, being involving like a bunch of finger wagging with these apparatuses attached to the thing, that was also targeting the same demographic. Yeah, I mean, understandable. Um, how how about Stratagema? It sounds like a Milton Bradley game, doesn't it? It does. It does. I um. Sounds like you played alongside Mousetrap. I'm under the assumption, because I never verified this, but I'm under the assumption that the script initially said Stratego with the thought that we would just change it later on. And, oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. At the 11th hour, this was the best we could do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the the funny thing is, though, what people don't know is that Stratagema, we actually developed a proper game for it. Yeah. I mean, it's played basically just like it is in the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, and this this might actually be one of our crowning achievements um, as as a team across the entire seven seasons. Yeah, is is creating this game of Stratagema. Unreal. You know, the points that they display on the screen 
in uh, the show itself. The games really go that long. It's really as intense as it looks. And mm-hmm. it was fun enough that we would run tournaments. And, you know, I kind of supported it just to get us away from poker for for once. <laughs> for a minute. Yes. But um, <laughs> do you remember the one big tournament that we had um, right before shooting wrapped? It was... Oh, it was the one that everybody uh, was in cast crew right right and and of course of course brent yeah i'm st- kind of took it i made a pretty deep run in that tournament i you know i it was new to me it was new to everyone strategema but of course brent who had to do a lot of practicing for the episode um just ended up taking it you know i mean the the guy who played the zach dorian uh uh, strategist. He had the good sense, the the sportsmanship, because he had the practice for the episode too. But he didn't. Yeah. He didn't want to. It was unfair. He thought so. He just and I applaud that. Um, I wish everybody had the same sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, this is something it, that um, I have very very <laughs> deep feelings about. <laughs> Uh, it, it was a little bit unfair. I didn't make it very far at all. Um, well, I, was, I don't think I was as invested as you were. I was all the way up to the round of 16 before I ran into Brent on his meteoric rise, as he called it. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, even worse as we were, um, as usual, playing for money. and uh, Yes. That, uh, that pool was very big. And, you know, one of the highest paid people in the room ended up taking it, so right. that was great. Right, 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 yeah. Fuck, uh, fucking awesome. I don't think I don't think most of the staff was very happy about that. No. Uh, <laughs> I still, you, you should, know... You should have been disqualified from that tournament, just he, by virtue of the fact sh- that he played the game so much. should have had the good sense to not enter. Like, mm-hmm. is it really that important? <sighs> he was earning help. Whatever. Anyway, I still talk to some of the guys, and you know, we we'll, we'll rehash this on occasion. And it's nobody was happy about this. No, 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 no. I I remember it was kind of a kind of a, a somber ending to the tournament. Right. But what are you gonna do? I but, guess. It's, and then uh, he what, took. Stuff is done. He had that bottle of champagne. Start spraying it. Like. No. Oh, oh no! Yes, that's right. Oh god. And everybody in the room was just holding their holding their tongues. Yeah, yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? I mean, uh, it's a it's a rare occasion that Brent acts up, but when he does, the it's a, it's a bit of a shit show. Incredibly. Anyway, um, that raises though an interesting question to consider. They are also betting on the Stratagema games in the show. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, Worf, Worf tells Data he needs to make it to the sixth stage. Right, the sixth plateau. Be very unhappy. The sixth plateau. Now, I can accept how when they play poker, you could just have meaningless chips and use them as a resource just for fun. But I do not get how the, <laughs> this post scarcity society is having actual wagers. <laughs> Somehow, I did not think of this. And I'm usually the one to bring this up, I think. You are. But, um, that's that's an incredibly good point. What was worth betting? His his Klingon sword? Who would take that bet? Who needs a Klingon I don't know. sword? Who who does? I mean, I would take a Klingon sword in an instant. But uh, 
yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point and one that we're not ever going to come to an answer on. No, but this is um, appropriately confounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, no, it, it is. It is. Before, there's um a part of this episode which I believe happened earlier that I just want to pay lip service to. Um, everybody quotes the end of this episode as being um, inspirational, I don't know, meaningful, when Picard is talking to Data and he says you can make uh, no mistakes in life and still lose, and yeah, that's just how it is. I hear people quote yeah. that a lot. <clears throat> Another quote that I liked in this episode that I might actually like more, which was not extremely profound, but a little headier than I was expecting at the time, uh, is at the very beginning when Riker's talking to the Zach Dorian and he, I don't know if they're talking about the game of Stratagema or the Picard Riker thing, but Riker says kind of off the cuff offhand, um, Oh, what's the Zach Dorian word for mismatch? And the guy responds to him challenge, which I don't know. I thought it was a nice little bit of writing. You like that? I did like that. I don't know. I think it's uh, eh, it's okay. You think it's a little it, hokey? It, it didn't, it didn't, maybe. I don't know. It didn't jump out at me in, in any way or the other. But maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. It was, yeah, sure, sure. It's fine. At the very least, whether or not it's um, uh, ac um, accurate. No, what's, I cannot talk today. Forgetting my word. Well, whether or not you can apply it to life. It is a good look into that, as of now, brand new culture, you know, and how they. Yeah, think yeah, about no, I, I, yeah, I suppose, I suppose you're right about that. I mean, there's, 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 there's a nugget in there. We do like nuggets. Um, so, so, so we're we're meant to we're meant to believe that Konami, the Zach Dorians, that's what they're called, right? The Zach yeah. Dorians. They speak English. Yes, that's um. <laughs> What's the Zachdorian word for mismatch? Challenge. <laughs> just, just a very slightly, slightly different version of English is what they speak. Um, what's 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 the Zachdorian word for challenge? Mismatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, precisely. Um, yeah, so so Riker puts together his team, huh? And um, he, and they, they he rounds up the, the blacks. He rounds up the blacks. He rounds up Wesley, um, his his little boy toy, and they go to what's what's the name of the ship? The it's got an H. It's not the Stargaze, or is it? That was no, no, one, right? no. I think that's Picard's old ship. That was also yeah, a Ferengi episode. I should have I should have known because I I've read the alternate universe comics where Picard is still on the Stargazer. <laughs> A grand uh, use of your time. What the, what the hell was it called? Peak performance. On, we got... TNG script. One second. I'm gonna look. I'm looking. The Hathaway. Hathaway. The Hathaway. Right, right. Of course, Hathaway. of course, a reference to Anne. Right. Um. Yeah, they're on the Hathaway, which looks suspiciously like the Battle Bridge. Right, which in turn looks suspiciously like the Stargazer. Which in turn looks suspiciously like like the Enterprise, the original Enterprise set in the uh, the old movies. And um, 
yeah, it's it's uh, it's all trashed and and there's just wires lying around for some reason. Um, they 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 really have failed to maintain the ship for for reasons unknown. Maybe because they knew they they wanted to do this in like ten years. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's was that ship just left stranded in space all that time in the middle of nowhere? I don't know. It couldn't have been. Could it? I, like, why would they organize a, a mock a mock battle with a ship that's just been floating in space? Well, I, mean, I, I guess that does provide more challenge, but more mismatch, if you will. Indeed, and I will. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a question, all right. I don't, I'm not quite sure, but whatever. I'll I'll overlook it. I'll be charitable. For once in my godforsaken life, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I guess we'll just we'll just ignore it uh, because it you know it provides a little bit of drama, which is nice. It gives more and, uh, of the team something to do. Yeah, sure, sure. Which uh, is I good. Like the bit where, where was it? Worf who pulls the wires down from the ceiling and just hands them to that ensign. <laughs> yeah, where where can I find <laughs> the wiring? Anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so. We're gonna have to grapple with with this the um, the Wesley going back to the Enterprise to cheat yes. scene and and I the, don't know the, it, this seems to be crossing a line to me. Oh, well, what about it? Is it is it the fact that Wesley's cheating, or is it the fact that we encountered the most passive aggressive character in the in the galaxy at this point? Well, there's that yes, but there's there's a little bit more to it where it's like I find it almost unbelievable that uh, uh, a crewman of the Hathaway would be allowed to beam aboard the Enterprise only several hours before the simulation starts. It's all, it's, it's incredibly suspicious. Yeah. I can buy the fact that a Picard um, de- defers to the judgment of the Zach Dorian Konami and B that this guy would look at Wesley as just, you know, a kid along for the ride. Yeah. But, yeah. There's something there. There's something about it that just that does not sit right with me. The the Riker, the resolution of it with Riker doesn't quite work for me, where Riker says, Wesley, you cheated. And Wesley says, you said to improvise, and that's enough. Right, yeah, because it's like, you know, in, in a battle situation, would you improvise by boarding the enemy ship and stealing your science project? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe you would, maybe you would. Who knows? But that that ends up being it, right? Because of that, that ship is able to activate warp, which ends up being a key factor later on. Right, right. It can warp for like one second or something. Um, Just enough. And uh, I, while we're on the topic, this this was actually one of our most expensive episodes, right? Because of that, because uh, that dilithium crystal. Oh god. Yeah, we had to source. Yeah, because we already we already had one for the 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 Enterprise D proper, right? And there was no other there was no other functioning ship that we had had on the show at the time, right? Because we had the Stargazer and that was kind of stranded, right? Mm. And we had the Yamato and that was just that was just kind of like a fake. I mean, it was it was obviously the Enterprise just kind of sort of refit. So this this was our first ship that we needed to actually source a proper dilithium crystal for. And yeah. I blame the writers because yeah, you, they they really could have could have done anything here, but 
you know, you, you have those Geordie scenes and you're in you're in the engine room and there's clearly no dilithium crystal. And um and the fans are gonna get upset. So the thing is we, we had the source dilithium from from Africa. And um Ever since it was yeah, this was in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Ever since that that blood dilithium documentary came out, it was yeah impossible. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was it was re- it, yeah it was pushing kind of the moral side of it and also our budget. Um, but ultimately, I guess I guess the higher ups decided it was worth it to some degree. Um, and and the good news is that we ended up with a couple dilithium crystals in the end, so we were able to kind of be a little bit more flexible in the future, which was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, this all could have been sidestepped if, I, I guess it was Gene hadn't written that into the lore, the importance of the dilithium crystals. Right, right, right. We could have powered it with something else, anything else, really. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. It, I, I remember um, I remember, uh, I remember Rob being, being a little bit... Um, a little bit worried about having uh, Will handle the dilithium crystal for so long this episode. Oh, God. He, <laughs> on the other side of the camera, he was just there, just arms crossed, tense as hell. <laughs> yeah, just those few minutes um, were, were very, very tense. But uh, it, it eventually worked out, which is good, thankfully. And it really added a lot to the episode. It did. It, it did add a lot. I like the part where, where the dilithium crystal... Um, was able to be transported onto the Hathaway with no one noticing. Yep. yep. Um, and then Jordy turns around and, and does a sort of surprised face and questions it's, nothing. It was a very Disney-like moment. <laughs> um, well, yeah, if, if, if there's any gripe I have with this episode, it's that whole sequence. Let, let's talk about the other half of this equation. Um, Ensign Burke. Oh, you love Burke. You just want to, you're chomping at the bit <laughs> to talk ch- about Burke. This vexed me completely upon watching it. It was so strange. Why? It was weird. Why would he be this hostile at all? But also, why would he take that out on Wesley, somebody who basically outranks him in a lot of ways? <laughs> um, yeah, maybe a little bit, huh? It's like, oh, I'm just going to be a dick to, you know, the golden boy of the bridge. Well, no, so 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 Burke wasn't an ensign, he was a lieutenant. So he 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 was a he was above Wesley. Oh, I thought he was an ensign. Well, that makes I guess that okay, he he outranks him, but clearly everybody likes the kid. Why be a dick to him? Right. No, it was it was a little bit weird. Maybe he's a little bit jealous. I I suppose. But you know? it really shines a light on how little Everybody in the in the show ever disagrees with each other that this is <laughs> yeah, right. this this is the greatest <laughs> character conflict ever. It does seen. it does stand out a lot and it's very jarring, um, and and it's it's purely in service of him not noticing that Wesley is taking a dilithium crystal from his little compartment, which is even more frustrating. It but, uh, it played out like a children's movie where. You know, this guy would be like, come on, kid, get on with it. And he's got his back turned. And then Wesley, like, right. <laughs> turns around and karate chops him. And then he, he gets yeah, knocked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 is, that is what it was entirely. And it was just such a convenient set of events that it's it's not it's not a satisfying way for Riker to uh, 
potentially win at all. No. And no. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. I, I think I think we've set our piece on this, but um, right after this, there's a there's a scene in in Picard's ready room. Yes, where where um, Kol, Kolrami talks. He basically complains. Well, first of all, he looks he looks into a tank with no fish, and then he complains about Riker being a Chad. Right. Right. He says, I read his report. I don't think he's he's got the right stuff. I don't know what he says. It's something like that. Um, something is equally unsubstantial. And uh, yeah. Picard shoes him out. And then I think they just both leave the room without getting anywhere. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, it it, it kind of does raise the question of why we needed to have this scene. Why we needed to have this dynamic at all? Why? Yeah. Why? There's no stakes to it. No. And just at the end, so this guy can eat crow. Right. Eat, eat crow. Because there was never any. Yeah. Never. There was never any 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 chance of Riker losing his job because this guy doesn't like him. No. No. It's just silly. And this guy is already getting shown up by Data later on, so. That happens basically twice in the span of five minutes where um, a member of the Enterprise proves that this arrogant know-it-all isn't uh, everything he's he cracks himself up to be. Right, right, right. So whatever. I, I don't know. The scene was unnecessary. That dynamic was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. I, I don't know. In the moment, I kind of liked it. But when I look back, I'm like, it's, it's it was not it was. Yeah, it was not necessary at all. But uh, Right after this, data data plays the strategema game. Right, and loses. He loses. He loses, and um, he has a bit of a crisis about it. Yeah, data himself was very keyed into how um, overpowered he is in the context of Star Trek, where yeah. where if he could ever not successfully do something, there's clearly. A large error. <laughs> There's something there, and I'm not sure what it is. I don't know either, but in in the context of the show, somebody beating a machine at a strategy game should not be regarded as an impossibility. Right, right, and and Data is almost arrogant about it. Right. Which like, how could I lose? I mean, they play. They try to play up his humanity in his doubt, self doubt. Um, but also, but ultimately, it does come down to a certain kind of arrogance, no matter what. I mean, the idea that he couldn't possibly lose. Well, that's what I mean. If they had also gone with that angle of, uh, you know, data is arrogance. He's arrogant. He's doubting himself. He's having all these parts of the human experience. Yeah, and you know what? That might have been even better. If if they kind of drilled down into that, yeah, because then that would be you know just, just a, kind of another notch in in Data's becoming human kind of thing, where he realizes that oh you know he has these these expectations of himself and he thinks he's better than certain people at, at these kinds of things and turns out he's not you know. But that wouldn't have gelled with him matching the guy later on, you know. If if you take that angle, then Data has to not 
succeed because it's uh it would undercut the whole point. Maybe. No, definitely. You Don't, think? Yeah. I mean, what how if if you set this up, okay, data has to accept that he has a a distorted view of his capabilities relative to well, no 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 what what i what i mean is that eventually he comes to term with the fact that he was acting irrationally right but then to have him go on and match this guy's abilities or whatever is a sign that he was acting rationally well it... no because because he he played the game in bad faith uh, according to to Kolrami. Well, that's true i don't know I I really think it could go either way, but that's that's whatever. an I, interesting it, moral question, though. What is your opinion on not playing Stratagema to win? What is my opinion on that? Yeah, morally. I I morally, I mean, I I don't know. I think it's I I think I think anyone would agree it's a perfectly viable strategy. You don't think it makes a mockery of the uh of the game? <laughs> um. Well, no, you see, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a, ah, what's the name of the alien? Zach Dorian. I'm not a Zach Dorian, so I, I don't, I don't really think that way. Do you just, uh, are you one of those guys who's like, I play Stratagema for fun and, uh, just, you know, goes around team killing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just shit all over the game and it, I say, you know, I, I paid $60 for this. I can play how I want. <laughs> I hate um, those guys. Which those is, guys suck. Well, you're one of them, apparently. If you don't think that no, it's, it's 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 different when it's me. Oh, okay, okay. It's your um, your rationale is different. Your actions. No, it's are... just that I. It's just that I'm special. <laughs> you are special. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um. Yeah, I, so so so. I guess next yeah. the battle starts up. No, 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 because because next data data gets visited by by Troy. How much shit happens in this episode? And that's the thing. There there is a significant portion of the episode that is devoted to this 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 strategema plotline, and I don't I don't think you notice it while you're watching it, but yeah, it, it takes up quite a bit of a bit of time. That might be the and, a plot. And Troy comes into it might be Troy comes into Data's room because because Marina needed something to do. Um. And she's looking kind of kind of hot this episode. She's I gotta say she's coming into her own as a uh, as Troy, leaving behind the awkward, sexless Troy of uh, the past. Yes, yes, of yesteryear. And um... oh, that was the only note I had was <laughs> that Troy is kind of hot this episode. So I had nothing else to say about that scene. Is that just that she was kind of hot, Troy? And to a lesser extent, Pulaski have a lot of interaction points with Data where they yeah. uh, um, help him along in his journey of actualization. They try to. and it, it almost seems like there's really no point to it. Yeah. Except to kind of build up the eventual Picard Data scene. Yes, yes. Um, Pulaski's the driving force behind the Stratagema game even happening. She, for some yeah. reason, is really into the idea of Data defeating this guy <laughs> well like you said it's the end of an arc we never saw for some reason yes <laughs> so. yes it is 
So, you're right, This there is more things before the battle starts. There's that strategy scene between Troy and Data. Yeah, 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 and, and that's the thing. The Ensigns might be wondering why Data is discussing military strategy with, with Troy, of all people. Then, yeah, so anyway... Um, after that? We, we, we get to the... Um, um, I guess I guess we do get to the the battle scene now. Fucking finally. Um, did, did you notice there was there was kind of I don't even know how to put this and I I'm not even sure how to articulate it but on on the Enterprise bridge there was some kind of weird lighting. Did you notice that? I did not notice this. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm crazy. What what do you think was it uneven? Was it differently colored? I, I don't remember. All I, all I have in my notes is weird lighting this episode parentheses bridge scene i love so, love uh, the idea of taking notes that are useless <laughs> that's how most of my notes are i have to struggle to remember what i was even referring to no there was something about the lighting in in maybe just one scene when picard was communicating with with Riker, i think on the hathaway and there was just something about the lighting that was a little dark or something on the enterprise bridge on the enterprise yeah okay because I, I you expect the Hathaway to be dark, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so they they start this up. Worf somehow manages to to magically construct um, a, a Klingon ship. No, a Romulan ship. A Romulan ship. <laughs> Which? <laughs> Why don't they do this all the time? <laughs> Which is completely the sensors, whatever detection methods they have. It does not help them at all in immediately identifying this as a as a as a hoax. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how <laughs> how does this happen? I was beside myself with this. It's an incredible amount of stupidity that is solely necessary to justify Worf. Justify Worf. Yeah, just justify Worf being there at all. Kind of amazing. Um, But they do eventually figure out it was a hoax, right? And yeah, nothing else. And and, and, and that's the whole setup for the for the Ferengi to come in. Yeah, I think that's a hoax too. Right, and then it turns out, oh, Ferengi are real, and it's it's not. And then we have the most contrived threat ever, perhaps in Star Trek. Yeah, a lot of things you just need to accept as the viewer for this to. For this situation to be even remotely tense, you have to accept the fact that not only did they switch their weapon systems to these um, benign ones, but that and then they can't switch them back. Right, that it's all. just impossible. You have to accept that. You have to accept the fact that they can't just give the Ferengi the ship, knowing that it it is not valuable because it isn't. And yeah, and, and they can't transport everyone. Right. How easy would it be for them to say, oh, okay, take the ship, let's just get our crew off of it, and, you know, you can have it. Right. Maybe you can write a way around that if a character brings it up, but no one ever mentions it. There's no reason why the Enterprise should, or I'm sorry, the Federation should care about this ship. Um, right. And all of the tension of the situation rests on these predicated uh, ideas that make no sense. Exactly. Yes, there's a million different ways this could have played out that would have made a lot more sense than trying to warp drive for one second um, 
after the Enterprise shoots at you, which may kill you. It may kill, what, 40 people? That's another contrivance. Like, oh, we don't know if the warp's gonna work. Like, oh, well, there's some right. tension. It's like, oh, man, I totally believe that they're in danger here. That the Enterprise might just blow up Wesley Crusher, Worf, and Riker. It's just ridiculous. Right. And Jordy. No, it's why, why did we like this episode so much? Oh, uh, I don't know. Because <laughs> starting to have second thoughts here. The three minutes where they are engaged in that mock battle are are fun. You know, they start. Yeah, out, yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, they start sure, out and Picard's sure. like, "Oh, let's do this maneuver," and um, Worf's like, "Hmm, they're doing this maneuver. Let's do this in response." And you know, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, and then and then yes, of course, the Ferengi show up. One one line I took umbrage with was when they when they said, "You have ten of your minutes," <laughs> which for a show that is so so deliberately vague about the way that alien species interact with each other. To say ten of your minutes, it's really at odds with the um, uh, the challenge mismatch line, isn't it? <laughs> you have ten of your minutes. How does a Ferengi count a human minute? It's just bringing up questions that we don't want to know the answer to. Why give them ten minutes in the first place if you're just ready for a violent altercation? Like, yeah, I suppose that's it's, true, it's too. Like, it's like you're mugging somebody on the street. It's like, give me your money. You have ten minutes to decide. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. They, they, they have no diplomatic uh, uh, consequence to just blowing up the Enterprise. Right. Oh, it, my God. The fact that the Frangie are able to sense that their weapon systems are offline. and That's just, silly, too. Just doesn't destroy the ship to begin with. It makes zero sense. The Enterprise yeah. is not the uh, not the yeah. Hathaway, right? Right. Um. So so wait. How how do they? Worf once again for the third time. Um, creates an image of an Enterprise, uh, a, a Federation starship. Right. He he picks he does it such that they're able to sense it, and right. This isn't really explained whether it's Worf's his magic or um, Worf's Klingon magic yeah, or the fact that the ship warp, you know, they warp drove some distance away. And in fact, the Ferengi are picking up that vessel that was the Hathaway. Uh-huh. Um, it's, I'm not quite sure. It doesn't really make sense. Nothing about this conclusion makes sense. And the right. Ferengi just like, like... Like children, they turn tail and run at the first sign of anything. Which, you know, cool, they're a cowardly race, I guess that's been established, but it's just kind of weird. Just, it, it, makes you, it makes you guess, like, what was the, what was the point of this, yes. really? If, if they were just going <laughs> to just fold at the, the earliest opportunity. Um, this is the first and, time, and, though, that a Ferengi vessel has been shown like the inside of it has been shown i believe in the past oh, yeah you're right it was always just like whoever's just face yeah on white you are absolutely that's a really interesting observation you are correct yes that is the first time it's ever been shown very cool although it wasn't a very cool set at all it was just like a table but it wasn't but um... you know it's a different structure of a bridge compared to uh the federation's enterprise which you know cool they have a different construction for their bridge 
it's alien fine it's certainly better than nothing that's yes. for sure um, Be- better than a white background <laughs> right but speaking of this scene I, I i have a little bit of a problem because we're we're introduced to a character who in, in this exact moment he's never shown up before and he'll never show up again and he's only referenced by name when when the ferengi retreat um uh lieutenant burke yes right he says he says captain our sensors show no federation starship nearby and then Riker kind of calms in and he says of course not mr burke that was klingon guile and and here's my question who is klingon guile never clarified and i don't think it's ever brought up again no it's not it's not so where where was klingon guile was he on the hathaway did he stow away well, was, were... was he the reason that that Worf was able to use magic? You read the comics. You're the extended universe guy. Does Klingon Guile ever show up? I don't think I've ever seen him show up in in the Apocrypha here. Not even the Mirror Mirror Universe. Not even the Mirror Universe. There's no Klingon Guile. I don't know who he is. And and this is I'm I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight because of this. It's very provocative. Yeah. Because Worf but... isn't Klingon Worf. Right, right. This is this is Klingon Guile, so he he must he must he must have some kind of special role, you know. I like to imagine that this was part of Worf's uh, improvisation to win. Like, um, how do we defeat somebody with superior force? We call in someone else, and um, he had messaged, radioed, calmed Klingon Guile. Yeah, 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 he must have. I I can't think of any other explanation, but if the Ensigns have any idea, please do let us know, because this is this is really, really bothering me. Um, But uh, anyway, let's not let's not belabor that point too much. So. That's it. That's the end of the episode, isn't it? Well, no, they go back and data matches. um, Oh, yeah, he matches Konami. Yes, in Stratagema. Yep. Which, in my notes, I wrote Stratagema. (laughs) Which does not sound like the same thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, in the moment, it's a satisfying scene, I guess. And and everyone cheers and looks at the camera. And the the scene freezes and the credits roll. How did you feel about the, the extras? performances like everybody crowding around the table just shouting non sequiturs like yeah data go right, 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 right i didn't i didn't i didn't take too much too much umbrage with it um because i didn't pay too much attention to it but i can imagine if i did sit through that scene and i watched every one of them i would surely find several performances that were just a little bit silly you don't watch these with subtitles do you no i do i do were the crowd were the extras lines not subtitled for you i think they were weren't they yeah they were so that's that's why for me i couldn't really not acknowledge them. no but that's I, I don't glue my eyes to the subtitles uh do you do you watch the episode no not really i kind of just turn it on and then fall asleep that explains a lot yeah well i can't blame uh, you <laughs> um yeah, I, so I, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Huh? I, I don't know. There's not much to say there. I think we've already beaten that uh, that plot line to death. 
Well, we got no. we got that uh, Picard data scene where Picard says it's possible to watch every episode of TNG yeah. and still lose. Mm-hmm. That's life. And still lose. Yeah, yeah. No. In fact, it's it's probable to to, to watch every episode of TNG and and lose. Yeah, there, there's a real causal relationship there. Yeah, absolutely. And we're on our way, aren't we? Indeed, indeed, we are. So, um, final thoughts on this episode. I suppose I've I've I like it slightly less following our discussion <laughs> of it. Yep. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. I still am in love with the idea of what could have been if this had solely focused on the mock battle and a slight rivalry between Picard and Riker. Mm-hmm. That yeah. would have been a lot of fun. Um now what we got wasn't bad, but it uh it does have problems. Yes. Yes, I 100% agree with you. After our conversation, I like it maybe just a little bit less, maybe a little bit more than a little bit less. But uh still fun, still enjoyable, still watchable, and I would probably watch it again. Yeah, I not not immediately and not three times in a row, but I would um certainly watch it again in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agreed. You got any uh trivia for me? I do have some trivia and I'm I'm stuck between a couple and I'm not, I'm not sure what I want to ask you. We've um, come a long way from the days of not having trivia prepared. <laughs> um All right. So there, there's a point in this episode where the where the Ferengi are talking about the um, the Hathaway's warp drive. Okay. And they refer to it as something that's not warp drive, which is extremely unusual hmm. because it's, it's I think it's the the only time warp drive has been referred to as this. Um, and did you pick up on what that was? No. I think they possibly a- guess what it was. Did they even use the word warp? They didn't use the word warp, but they used the word drive. It wasn't like hyperdrive, was it? It wasn't hyperdrive. Think think even even more generic sci fi. Warp drive. Um <laughs> I don't know why I'm stuck on the word drive so much. It's probably not something drive. No, it is something drive. Okay, okay. It's something drive, but it's it's not, you know, drive is so separate from the other word that it's, it's not even really. Light, light drive? Close. Light speed drive. Light speed drive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, this is the only time the phrase light speed drive has been, has been said in TNG. Yeah. And possibly all of Star Trek. Well, it's, uh, it's in conflict with the the entire rest of the canon really right 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 um yeah Bizarre. and uh, I, I i just I, I found that very interesting also a little bit of trivia uh, that i'm, I'm not going to ask you a question about because it's it's uh it's not something that you're going to really um pick up on but we got more dirty pair references this this episode you're right i did not pick up on this is is hathaway one of one of the titular dirty pair no 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 but there's um there's there's a uh on data's computer there's a thing that says k slash yuri sub module these things and then keep um, showing up 
and then um there there's there's an acutogram that um that that labels the uh the the simulation mm-hmm. as as operation lovely angel now which, what I, which is a, a a dirty pair reference of course what i want to know is if dirty pair or its author ever went is this is this an, is this an animation or a comic it's, book it's it's uh it's it's a manga and also an anime okay well then it's author or it's writer i wonder if they've ever referenced tng so i will tell you that the the anime at least did reference the original star trek okay okay so it's it's kind of reciprocal I would say that the two of series are of unto themselves quite the uh, dirty pair. Quite the quite the dirty pair. They're definitely dirty, both of them. Have you ever told somebody to suck on your dirty pair? Like the fruit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my dirty pair. <laughs> That's my body shape as a dirty pair. <laughs> oh, baby. Uh, uh, I like everything that's uh, it's going on. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh that's that's all I got for you. So Okay. Well, it was another bountiful round of trivia, as yeah. they all tend to be. Mm-hmm. Well, with the trivia out of the way, that's going to want- wrap up another dirty episode of the readier room um before we go i want to remind you guys that the uh ready room is sponsored by denny's home of the grand slam and the returning moons over Miami. and uh picking up a new sponsor this week uh we're studied by mcdonald's um home of the big mac and you'll never find a larger mac anywhere else so join us next time where we continue to be in our ever state of readiness and we'll discuss the final episode of star trek the next generation's second season until then everybody i implore you to please stay ready the troublesome little man child consider that in the history of many worlds there have always been beginning, 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 beginning.